Insightful podcasts by informative hosts. Insights into Things, a podcast network. Welcome to Insights into Teens, a podcast series exploring the issues and challenges of today's youth. Your hosts are Joseph and Madison Whalen, a father and daughter team making their way through the challenges of the teenage years. Welcome to Insights into Teens. This is episode 53, Problem Solving Skills. I'm your host, Joseph Whalen, and my intelligent and insightful co-host, Madison Whalen. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today, Maddie? Better than yesterday. That's good. Well, I guess kind of a good thing. We had a bit of a misfire on the podcast last night. We did do the podcast. Unfortunately, we had some technical issues that... uh, did not record it nor broadcast it. Um, so we're doing it again today. I make just make sure that we're actually broadcasting. We appear to be broadcasting now. Alrighty. Uh, I'm showing that we have a screen uh, stream going, and we'll even do this. Just an extra check. Just to make sure we're going here. And see, look at that. We're live. We're actually watching ourselves live, which is kind of odd, but. And yeah. Okay. All right. So we're good. So we're doing problem solving skills. Um, uh, We'll start off the same way we did yesterday. And you tell me what you think problem solving skills are. All righty. Go. I think, well. I'm just going to start off with a clear definition of problem solving. Problem solving is a way of one handling conflicts and problems in their everyday lives in a way that that appeals to that certain person. And for problem solving skills is basically the ability to overcome problems using skills to using skills um, available to them um, to hopefully dial down conflicts and problems. Okay, that's that's a very good definition. Uh, what we'll be talking about today is a definition that comes from a Very Well Family, which we've used in the past as a resource. And they say problem-solving skills refer to our ability to solve problems in an effective and timely manner without any impediments. It involves being able to identify and define the problem, generating alternative solutions, evaluating and selecting the best alternative, and implementing the selected solution. Obtaining feedback and responding to it appropriately is an essential aspect of problem-solving skills, too, which you do after the fact. Um, So that's sort of the basis of what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to run through... Um, why teens need problem-solving. Really, everyone needs problem-solving skills, but we'll look at some specific examples. Then we'll talk about the actual basic steps of problem-solving, and we'll relate it to some scenarios in which you've had to 
exercise problem-solving skills in your own, own life. Uh, ready to get started? Why not? All right. So we face a variety of problems every day, <clears throat> ranging from academic difficulties to problems on the sports field. Yet few people have the formula to solve these problems. And, and we're, in this case, speaking specifically of, of teens and youth. Um, and teens who lack problem-solving skills <clears throat> may avoid taking action when faced with a problem. Have you ever encountered a situation where you didn't feel you were capable of solving a problem or dealing with an issue and you just tried to avoid dealing with it? Well, I guess the best solution I could give, even though it's not the best example, would be whenever one of my friends has a problem at home. Okay. I don't know how to handle those problems because I don't have that stuff going on. Like, I, my parents um, love each other very much. I'm, a ve I'm in a very good household, and they treat me, and you guys treat me wonderfully. Um, but I do have some friends who don't have that luxury and who um, are living in a fairly hard um, lifestyle, I suppose. Right. I'm not going to name any names, but yeah. And whenever I, wa I want to help them out, it's just I don't know how to handle it because I don't know what they're going through and I can only offer what I would have would do in a situation. So what happens there? Like, is that something where you sort of try to change the subject to avoid dealing with the problem? Or do you try and deal with it as best you can? Well, if, well, the first step for me would be trying to deal with the problem, like offering what I would have done in that situation. Um, and then if that doesn't work, I move on to try to change the subject to get their mind off of it. Oh, so at that point in time, it's not for your own comfort. It's, it's really for their own solace, so they're not dwelling on it. Yeah. Because what happens is, rather than put their energies into solving problems, many teens invest the time to avoid the issue altogether so that they don't have to deal with it. Um, and a lot of times, this, this causes teens to fall behind in school and may cause them to struggle to maintain friendships. Mm -hmm. um, do you see a situation where a lack of problem-solving skills has affected you academically? Or socially? Um, I guess socially I could probably give a few examples. Like when I decided not to join any clubs. Well, right. the pro well, I guess if I had to come up with a problem for that, it would be that if I did join clubs, I would get more social. But I didn't, which caused me to have social problems, which made me more, more isolated to everyone. So now you're... Lack of an interest in joining these clubs, was it an avoidance tactic so that you didn't have to interact with people? Or was there some other factor involved where you really weren't avoiding the problem? It was just a contributing factor. Well, I think it was mainly because I just thought that clubs wouldn't be, would like put me down in academic, would put me down academically. And I didn't think of the social aspect until it started to happen, and then I realized that if I didn't join clubs, if I did join the clubs, I would probably be a bit more social. I see. Okay, well, that kind of makes sense. So other teens who lack problem-solving skills spring into action without recognizing 
proper choices for these problems. So, for instance, a teen may hit a peer who cuts in front of them in line because they're not sure what else to do. Um, and these are kind of impulsive decision-making processes where your problem-solving skills aren't refined, so you don't know how to make the right choice. Have you encountered a situation where your lack of problem-solving skills at any point in time has caused you to make rash decisions or quick decisions, not necessarily hitting someone, but doing something and then after the fact realizing that it probably wasn't the best thing to do? Uh, I guess that would be whenever I had like any sort of mood swing. Like when I was in sixth grade, I would just be... I would just have had a terrible, been in a terrible mood and I would have just screamed at my friends because that was letting the energy out and later on I would just realize that I shouldn't have done that but then I would make up for it and make something for them or tell them I was sorry. That's a very good example. <clears throat> now some of the consequences from doing, from having these impulsive choices uh, can cause problems further on down the line. Have you encountered any situations in which you had one of these incidents and then kind of had to do damage control afterwards, you know, snapping at someone or hurting someone's feelings or something like that? I mean, that happened when I was with my friends at aftercare a few times when, like, I would just constantly just snap because, like, I was just going through really a really bad day. And then luckily I had, I had recess. I had recess and I would talk to my one friend Mariah and then I'd figure out how to fix it later. So Okay. And it always normally worked out. So yeah, so you you've encountered situations like that where because you weren't able to cope with the issue at the time, you may have done something hastily that you wouldn't normally have done. And it may have caused some friction and you kinda had to go patch that up afterwards. Mm -hmm. So these are some of the reasons why problem solving skills are important. Not only can they affect you academically in school, they can affect you socially, and they can they can have further reaching emotional consequences if you can't deal with your problems. Mm -hmm. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk about some of the basic uh, steps of problem solving. Teens who feel overwhelmed or hopeless often won't attempt to address a problem. But when you give them a clear formula for solving problems, they'll feel more confident in their ability to try. Do you think that's a fair statement that in the past when you couldn't deal with issues, having learned problem-solving skills as you have, that you have a, a new sense of confidence when you're, when you're facing problems? Is that true? Yeah, that I've definitely, once I was introduced to problem solving, I definitely think I took that approach more than just being rational and just lashing out. Now, I, I'll be the first one to admit that, you know, you know I have my emotional outbursts, mm -hmm. and usually mine come from a sense of frustration in things. Um, I'll work on something, and, and I'll know how to fix it or something, a computer incident. I was working on the access points this morning, as a matter of fact. And I know how to fix it, but for some reason it wasn't working. And I get frustrated with it, and I'll get emotional. And 
I'll oftentimes yell at inanimate objects uh, until you or mommy or, you know, I even come to my own senses and realize I'm being an idiot at that point. And I stop and I have to take a step back. So the first step in problem solving that they talk about is identify the problem. Now, sometimes the, we identify symptoms. It's kind of like when you go to the doctor and you tell the doctor, oh, my arm hurts. Well, that is a symptom of a problem. The problem itself is what's causing the pain. So sometimes we have a tendency as human beings to treat the symptoms and not the problem. So the biggest step in problem solving is sifting through all those symptoms and tracing them back to what the actual problem is. Once you do that, then you can apply problem solving skills. Now, have you ever had a situation in which you've been faced with an issue, but you weren't really identifying the problem and treating the problem correctly? Um, I guess we can go to a summer reading example, even though I kind of, yeah. I think your summer reading was, an, was a good example of how you actually did identify the problem. Yeah. I think, because everybody can relate to that. Everyone gets summer reading, right? Mm-hmm. And what happens with summer reading? You know, you get a book to read, you get three months or whatever it is for the summer to read it, and then there's some type of test where you have to regurgitate your knowledge when you start school. Yeah, and some students um, just decide that the problem is that they have to read the book, so they read the book in, like, the first week, and then by the time the test comes, they probably forgot about it. Right. They just want to get it over with and read the book, and yeah. by the time school starts, it's been three months since you read it. Yeah, just getting the book done is basically just one of the symptoms of the problem. Right. The real problem is how you're going to remember it in the span of the weeks, which is exactly what I think about. Right. So when I do my summer reading, I break up the book in the... I take the book's number of pages, and I take the number of days summer break lasts. I divide them, and then I figure out how many pages I read per day. And that's where you space out the reading of the book through the whole summer. Yeah, and although um, I still have to read the... Although the book um, takes longer to finish, I'm able to remember it more, and it doesn't take as long to read the book each day. Right. So in this case, the problem, it's not really a problem, it's the task at hand yeah. is being able to pass whatever quiz or, or whatever knowledge test there is when school starts. That's the, the task. Reading the book is just a method of getting to that point. Um, when I was in school, uh, what we used to use were called cliff notes or cliff's notes. And these were summaries of the books themselves. So the kids who didn't want to read or were, in my case, too lazy to read, we'd wait until the end of the year, we'd get the cliff notes, and then we would use the cliff notes to answer the knowledge stuff at the beginning of the next school year. Well, that only lasted for a little while before the teachers called on to that, and they started asking that they would read the cliff notes themselves and would have questions on the test that weren't covered in the cliff notes. So now you have to read the book. So in the case of me, if I read the book earlier in the year or, you know, when I first got it in the beginning of summer, I'd read it, I'd get it over with, and then I'd completely forget about the book. I did it the one year. I, I read, uh, I think it was The Crucible we had to read. 
And I took it with me on vacation. I read the whole book for a week on vacation, finished it like at the end of June or beginning of July. And when school started, I didn't know anything about the book because I didn't retain any of the information from the book. Uh, so your approach there is a great example of problem solving, but it's also a great example of identifying the real problem. Yeah, and there's also other kids that wait for like until the final week of summer break and try to finish the book at that point. Right. Now, that can work, but it's probably not the smartest decision because you don't know how long it will take you to read the book because all books have different lengths and everyone has different um, perspectives of how long they will read the book for. Sure, and something might come up where you're going to maybe take a weekend trip away that you weren't planning on and you're not going to have that time that you thought you'd have. Yeah. So time management is a great skill to learn when it comes to, to problem-solving skills too. Yeah, like at one point when I um, wasn't able to take my um, one book to where we needed we were, I think it was like during the summer when we were going to a convention and I prob and I didn't think I'd have enough time to read the pages at home. So what I did was I actually took pictures of them with my phone and then I read the book basically digitally. Oh, that's funny. I didn't realize you did that. Yeah. Well, I, I don't remember why I had to do that. It's just I couldn't bring the book right. to some place. I don't remember where, but... That's a great idea. Yeah. So the next step to... Problem solving, once you identify the problem, is to develop a few possible solutions. Uh, and, you know, I've said in the past that one reason I don't like math is because there's really one answer to every problem. Yeah. And I kind of like coming at problems from different angles and finding different solutions. So the suggestion here is, all right, well, maybe there is one really good solution to the problem, but there might be four other okay solutions to solve that problem. And it might require less time, less resources, less money, less whatever. So the idea here is, well, let's identify the problem and then let's come up with a few different ways that we can solve that problem. And immediately following that step is identifying the pros and cons of each of those solutions. Um, we had talked about your, um, your ELA menu. menu. So why don't you tell us about some of the some of the approaches to that because there's different ways to to solve that problem. So my ELA, my ELA menu is a marking period menu where um, there are different tasks that you can do um, that relate to what we're learning um, at the time in school and depending on how easy or hard um, the task is, you get a certain number of points for it. And you have to make the points add up to 120 by the end of the marking period. So you have different ways to earn those points. Yes. And you have some points that are higher difficulty or more time-consuming maybe, and yeah. they're worth more points. Yep. So it's up to you to figure out what ones work for you and what ones will get you the points that you need in the time that you have to do the work. Mm -hmm. So that's a great example of... Figuring out what you need to do and then coming up with combinations or different solutions and measuring those solutions. I mean, in this case, there's an actual defined point value to it, which makes it pretty easy to figure out what the best path is for you. Mm -hmm. So once you do that, you implement that solution 
after you identify it, you pick that solution, you run with it, and then you test that solution out for the first marking period. And you may find out some of the choices that you picked might be a little bit harder for you to do. It might be a little more time-consuming. So the next marking period, you can look at what those options are and figure out if you want to do it the same way or do it different. So that's that feedback that they were talking about. You're providing feedback to yourself at that point. So identify it, develop some solutions, figure out the best solution, pick that solution and implement it, and then get feedback on that solution when it comes in. Now, outside of the topic or outside of these steps, the one thing that I will say is my philosophy about problem solving, my number one philosophy is work the problem. So, for instance, you had an issue just this past week getting into the house with the lock on the door. Yep. So, tell us about that incident and how you went about solving the problem. Alrighty. So, basically, I had had my um, keys with me when I was going into the house. And when I unlocked the top, it didn't unlock. And I was a bit upset, so I began to sort of um, get angry about it. Um, but then I took a step back, calmed down, and then figured out that I had turned it the wrong way, and I turned it the right way and then got in. Right, so in that case, the problem wasn't that the door, that the lock was broken. It was you simply had turned it the wrong way. Now, when you did this, were you distracted? Were you on the phone with someone? I was only talking to Mommy that I when I normally do it, and I think that might have been it, or because I, I honestly don't regularly unlock the top lock, so, and I tried going the way that I normally go with the bottom lock, right? and it didn't work. Right. So I think that was the problem. Well, one of the w ways on how the problem was caused. Right. So that was one of those situations where you started to get upset, and you kind of had to dial it back a little bit, and, you know, Calm down. And, and that's really what I think probably one of the most important things of problem solving is, is when you're solving a problem, you, you have to kind of divorce your emotional side from it. When you do problem solving, it has to be done in a logical, intelligent, non-emotional way. And a lot of times that's hard for people to do. And then, you know, I can admit that because I can get frustrated and do things. Um, but there are situations where you're going to be faced with very difficult problems to solve. And being emotional is going to be something that is not going to help you. And I'll give an example of that. Um, <clears throat> when my mother was sick. Um, we had to face the decision of whether or not to take her off of life support. And strangely enough, I'm the youngest of four brothers, and they were all looking to me for the solution because my mom had talked to me about what her wishes were when she was in, under those conditions. So I had to make the decision of whether or not to basically pull the plug. And... That you couldn't expect a more emotional time than when you have a loved one who is 
sick. She wasn't really in pain, but she was sick. She was unresponsive and she was in a vegetative state. Um, and I knew she expressed to me multiple times that she didn't want to live like that. So it was up to me to make the decision to pull that plug. And I had to weigh all the pros and cons and I had to figure out what the consequences were going to be. And I had to make that decision and I had to turn my emotions off and you kind of have to under those circumstances. Um, and we'll talk about a couple of other scenarios here in a little bit that you've encountered that, that I'd like to hear about. Um, but from a problem, strictly problem solving standpoint, it was one of those highly emotionally charged situations 